1: What is enlightenment or nibbana? There is quite the hesitation in some people to discuss enlightenment, nibbana, nippan, nirvana, a higher consciousness, a spiritual awakening, etc. Most people who have attained nibbana would never tell you they have nibbana, and if they do, would you believe them? Nibbana is a constant pursuit of growing, learning and evolving through the gaining of wisdom or knowledge that develops a pure mind free of greed, hatred, and delusion. It is the elimination of cravings and desires, dissolving of the ego, and realization of non-self. Through the process of Nibbana, you will attain a stable, peaceful, and steady mind with the elimination of cravings and desires. You will develop lasting inner fulfillment in a content mind. Nibbana is attained gradually over time through learning and practicing Gautama Buddha's teachings so that you can observe truth that will allow you to acquire wisdom. The mind is gradually liberated to attain Nibbana through acquiring wisdom to know the true reality of existence through learning and practice of Gautama Buddha's teachings. The mind is not the brain. The brain is not the mind. The brain is the organ that controls the function of the body. The mind is not tangible as it is not physical in nature the mind is our consciousness where our intentions for speech and actions originate along with our thoughts ideas perceptions feelings and emotions arise are experienced and then cease to exist nibbana is attainable it's not something to be shy about or only talked about with a close group of friends who won't embarrass you Nibbana is thought by some to be unachievable or something that only bhikkhus, bikinis or highly religious people can attain. I'm here to tell you, this is not true. Buddhists, Christians, Muslims, Jews, non-faith practitioners, and all forms and labels of humans that are assignable can earn Nibbana and experience a life without suffering or discontentedness. Let's just think of everyone as a human without labels. That is best. We are all humans and a way to a better life is for everyone to attain Nibbana. It's like heaven on earth. Nibbana is attainable during your current lifetime or at death. If you have not attained Nibbana during this lifetime or at death, you will be reborn back into another existence. The cycle of rebirth will continue with significantly rare opportunity to ever be reborn into the human realm again. Buddhism is a religion that people invented. Gautama Buddha offered teachings as a teacher, others made it into a religion. The path he described to enlightenment or nibbana does not need to include religion. If you find yourself not as engaged with the rites and rituals of organized faith practice, this could be an indication that you are well on your way towards nibbana. Someone that is pursuing a path towards Nibbana will typically step away from organized religion, realizing that rites and rituals of organized religion are not required for one to achieve a better life. You can practice a good moral life where you do no harm to others, sharing universal love or compassion because you know it's the right thing for life, not because a specific religion has told you what is right or wrong. You can attain Nibbana as a regular person living in your home. Nibbana has no judgment or discrimination. Nibbana is not held or reserved for a special class of people. Nibbana is for all people. Earning Nibbana is challenging and takes a lot of work, but it is attainable. There are plenty of people that have experienced Nibbana while living a normal and productive life in modern times. Let's open up the stigma of talking about Nibbana and accept that it should be the goal of every human to attain this state of mind. Once you have Nibbana and know the path, you can share it and help others on the path should you choose. You can learn the path now. Nibbana is nothing to prop up an ego against or state that someone is higher than anyone else. Someone with nibbana is not a special person or a special class of person. In fact, if someone expresses these thoughts or feels this way, you can be sure they have not experienced nibbana. Now, let's discuss what is nibbana. Nibbana is a mind free of greed, craving, hatred, anger, and delusion, ignorance, unknowing of true reality with the realization of non-self and dissolving of the ego. More on non-self later in this book. Nibbana is a purification of the mind. The mind will be peaceful, calm, serene and content with joy, having eliminated 100% of all discontentedness. When you have attained Nibbana, you will not experience anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fears, boredom, loneliness, shyness, anxiety, Sadness, stress, or other discontent feelings. You will have generosity, loving kindness, and compassion for all beings with deep wisdom in how to attain nibbana. The mind will have a high degree of focus, concentration, memory, and clarity of mind. You will no longer pursue cravings or desires but seek only what you need in life, not what you want. You will have trust in all beings. You will not blame others for the problems you face. A mind with Nibbana will have an unshakable calmness, steadiness, and be content or satisfied with what is, experiencing no discontentedness. When you attain Nibbana, you will clear out unwholesome thoughts, not cling to the past or future. You will be able to live clearly in the present moment. You will have a pure mind to conduct your daily life. A person who has attained Nibbana will have eliminated the ten fetters. Nibbana is achievable by all human beings. Children were known to attain Nibbana as young as age 7 during the lifetime of Gautama Buddha. The more one understands and knows what Nibbana is and is not, the more likely you will be to attain this mental state. As you pursue Nibbana, you will be able to eliminate your cravings and addictions you will be open and trusting for all beings and not see another as an enemy you will not discriminate or judge others you will not have a desire to always be right and argue if these exist now you need more growth and more inner development to fully awaken to the enlightened mind the pursuit of nibbana is a gradual pursuit a path towards a better life It is also a life without suffering or discontentedness of mind. It's a higher state of consciousness that allows you to function in life with ease and smoothness. You clear the clouds of darkness that form judgment, discrimination, ego, as well as greed, craving, hatred, anger, and delusion, ignorance, unknowing of true reality, which are the three poisons of the mind. Gautama Buddha described that when one has attained Nibbana, they lay down the burden, or lay down the stress. This refers to the burden or stress of life and the carrying of unwelcome emotions, attachment, and cravings which produces discontentedness. Because one aspect of attaining Nibbana is to extinguish any and all craving, you must not also have craving and desire to attain Nibbana. When there is craving, there can be no Nibbana. Therefore, we pursue Nibbāna as an interest and goal without craving nor desire. Craving, desire, and attachment are defined as a mental longing for something with a strong eagerness. Nibbāna is not happiness, as happiness is an impermanent feeling that you cannot maintain permanently. Gautama Buddha's teachings provide the mind with a path to Nibbāna, a permanent mental state that is peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. Many feel the goal in life is to be happy, but this is not possible, is an unrealistic goal and will only lead to further discontentedness when the mind cannot maintain the feeling of happiness long term. If the mind is not happy, it will move to sadness, anger, or worse. Happiness is a pleasant feeling and is considered discontent because of the nature of its impermanence since the mind cannot reside in happiness permanently. Happiness is a feeling that is part of the three aspects of a discontent mind. A discontent mind will experience painful feelings, pleasant feelings, and feelings that are neither painful nor pleasant. Happiness is temporary. It will not last forever. When the mind is not happy, it will move to another feeling, and thus, the mind cycles through all these impermanent feelings, continuing to be discontent. Happiness is based on certain conditions that cause the mind to be happy. When those conditions are removed, the happiness will be temporary and the mind will move to another feeling. The feeling of happiness is impermanent because it is based on certain conditions that need to exist to create the feeling of happiness in the mind. One who has attained nibbana will have a permanent mental state of joy. Having attained nibbana, the joy experienced is without conditions and not based on an impermanent situation, object, or experience, and therefore is permanent. One can be happy without having the mental state of joy. To be joyful is a mental state, not a temporary feeling. Happiness can exist with ill will or hatred, while the joyful mental state of nibbana would not include ill will or hatred. A person who has attained nibbana will not have ill will or hatred. Having attained nibbana, the mind will be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. This is a permanent mental state where the mind can reside. As you attain Nibbana, the mind will be peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. You will laugh, joke, and have fun, but you will not allow the mind to dwell in happiness. You will laugh, joke, and have fun, but then be able to easily bring the mind back to the middle where the mind is peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. With your current state of mind, you may feel that a steady, calm, and stable mind free of greed, hatred, and delusion while dissolving the ego is impossible or unattainable. However, if you accept that these things are attainable, it is just a matter of learning, implementing, and experiencing this important change in your life. You can pursue Nibbana in this lifetime and the first step is making the decision that it is attainable and that you will pursue it. As you start to learn and implement the teachings found throughout this book, you will notice positive results. Slowly, over time, your life will improve as you understand and implement the teachings. You do not need to have belief. You will see the results when you implement the teachings to observe the truth. Believing in God is not required and this will not hinder you in the process of pursuing Nibbana. Just learn and implement these teachings because you know that they are helping you to create a better life for yourself and those around you. Nibbana is not a mystical and mysterious existence or a status of one being higher than another. In fact, it's just the opposite. It's learning that greed, hatred and delusion, the three poisons, while maintaining ego leads to a life of suffering and discontentedness. Each person should make nibbana their number one goal in life. By attaining Nibbana, all things are possible. Whether you would like to be a good partner, parent, friend, student, employee, boss, sibling, etc., the process of earning your own Nibbana or enlightenment will enable you to fulfill all those roles and any others you wish with a high degree of clarity of thought. Nibbana is attainable. You can do it. You will enjoy much more from life in the process of pursuing Nibbana. What are the advantages of attaining Nibbana? There are significant benefits that one will experience through the pursuit and attainment of Nibbana, such as increased and in high degree of focus, increased and in high degree of concentration, improved and high degree of memory, clarity of thought in mind. An enlightened being will no longer experience any discontent feelings, such as sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fears, boredom, loneliness, shyness, jealousy, resentment, etc. An enlightened being will have deep wisdom in which to conduct daily life. They do not argue, fight, or have any hostility. They are polite, kind, caring, friendly, calm, respectful, etc. They deeply understand what causes harm in the world, and thus... Do not cause any harm through their intentions speech actions or livelihood so no harm comes to them an enlightened being can create healthy personal and professional relationships because of these benefits and others their mind and their life is peaceful calm serene and content with joy for the remaining time of their life their last life enlightenment is a permanent mental state why pursue nibbana? one to attain complete and everlasting peace of mind in a peaceful life where the mind resides permanently peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy, to acquire a high degree of focus, concentration, and improved memory and clarity of mind. 2. To share with others how to attain everlasting peace of mind and how to obtain a peaceful life where the mind resides permanently peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy to help others acquire a high degree of focus, concentration, and improved memory and clarity of mind. 3. To benefit all of humanity through the elimination of your own greed, hatred and delusion, or craving, anger and ignorance. You will eliminate all unwholesome kama production, thus, create a more peaceful humanity through clearing up your own unwholesome conduct to attain a peaceful mind. 4. To respect Gautama Buddha for his teachings. The best way to show respect to a teacher is to learn and practice their teachings. 5. To share these teachings with your family, friends, those close to you, and your homeland to assist in creating a more peaceful life for all those closest to you and all of humanity. 6. If you are an ordained practitioner, to respect household practitioners for their support of you as a bhikkhu or bikini. The household practitioners support you, and you should support them through a dedicated practice of these teachings where you return the teachings to them to benefit their life. It is Gamma. Do you need any other reasons? How do you attain Nibbana? To pursue Nibbana, you must learn and implement the teachings of A. The Four Noble Truths B. The Eightfold Path C. The Five Precepts d). The Brahma Viharas, E. The Ten Fetters, F. The Seven Factors of Nibbana, G. Extensive Meditation Training. There are plenty of other teachings, and you can explore them all. However, these are some of the core teachings to create a solid foundation for you to work towards Nibbana in your life practice. Having teachers or guides to assist you on the path to Nibbana is very important and beneficial. You will not be able to pursue this path alone. As you seek teachers, be sure that you find teachers free of greed, hatred, or delusion with no ego. Nibbana is the opposite of these things. If you need help on this path, it's important to find someone that does not embody these attributes. You should be interested to have teachers and guides who have compassion and loving kindness towards all beings and are open to helping all people. You can pursue Nibbana no matter what has transpired in the past. No matter what your previous intentions, speech, actions, or anything that has transpired in the past, Nibbana can still be pursued and attained. What really matters on your path to Nibbana is that you learn, reflect, practice, and observe the results in the present moment. Dedication and commitment to learning and growing will ensure you are moving the mind towards Nibbana. This path requires inner growth and development as there is nothing external that is needed in pursuit of this path. Gautama Buddha's teachings are not to control an individual nor dictate what they should or should not do, but instead, they provide guidance that when practiced will lead to nibbana, the liberation of the mind, a peaceful and content mind, and thus, a peaceful and content life. Everything in this practice is obtained through personal choice. How can you know if you are walking towards Nibbana? You will notice as you learn and implement these teachings that the mind will continually clear out more and more. It takes time, lots of time. However, the results of learning and implementing these teachings are more and more profound as you learn and progress. Nibbana does not require belief because you will see the results for yourself. You will experience increased levels of concentration and clarity of mind you will find that it's easier to communicate, accomplish tasks, and conduct daily life. Situations that in the past which caused anger or frustration will no longer result in you reacting with the same emotions, but rather you will experience evenness of temper or equanimity. You will be able to respond in difficult situations rather than react. What are the seven factors of enlightenment? 1. Mindfulness, which is awareness of mind. 2. Investigation, which is keen investigation of the teachings. 3. Energy, which is mental alertness or vigor. 4. Joy, which is joy associated with no object so the practitioner is not attaining it by craving or desire. 5. Tranquility which is the quality or state of calm, steadiness, or peacefulness. 6. Concentration, which is the ability to give your attention or thought to a single object or activity, singleness of mind. 7. Equanimity, which is mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper, especially in a difficult situation, treating everyone impartially. The following is a translation of Gautama Buddha's teachings from the Pali Canon, the source of Gautama Buddha's teachings. It is, bhikkhus, when the seven factors of enlightenment are developed and cultivated in this way that they fulfill true knowledge and liberation. When the mind becomes sluggish, this is the time to practice the enlightenment factors of investigation, energy, and joy. When the mind is excited, this is the time to practice the enlightenment factors of tranquility, concentration, and equanimity. The enlightenment factor of mindfulness is always useful. What are the four stages of Nibbana? There are four stages in the attainment of Nibbana. However, these are for personal development purposes only. You should not and will not compare or profess to another person which stage of nibbana you feel you have attained. You should never believe you have attained nibbana and constantly pursue this path your entire life. Should you ever feel you have attained nibbana and are done, the mind will become sluggish and halt your progress on this path. If you profess your stage of nibbana to others, then you do so with ego, and therefore you have not attained nibbana. These stages of Nibbana are provided as a personal guide to assist you on the path to higher and higher degrees of attainment. These are the Ten Fetters. These are the chains that bind us into the cycle of rebirth. You must eliminate these and practice the seven factors of Nibbana to attain Nibbana. These are sometimes referred to as the taints. A taint is an impure quality of the mind— and is why these need to be eliminated to attain Nibbāna. Lower fetters 1. Personal existence view, which is elimination of a permanent self with dissolving the ego, realization of non-self. 2. Doubt about the teachings, which is elimination of doubts about the teachings and the ability of them to attain Nibbāna. 3 wrong grasp of behavior in observances, which is, elimination of rites, rituals, and ceremonies to achieve nibbana. 4. Sensual desire, which is, elimination of pleasures for the senses, eyes, nose, tongue, ears, and body. 5. Ill will, which is, elimination of hatred, anger, hostility, aggression, resentment frustration irritation annoyance dislike etc higher fetters six desire for form which is elimination of desire for existence in the form realms animal or human seven desire for the formless which is elimination of desire for existence in the formless realms hell, afflicted spirits, or heaven. 8. Conceit, which is elimination of arrogance, pride, judging, measuring or comparing as superior or inferior to others, ego, completely dissolved. 9. Restlessness, which is elimination of confused, distracted, restless state of mind, the opposite of singleness of mind. 10. Ignorance, which is elimination of delusion or unknowing of true reality. For example, the Four Noble Truths, impermanence, discontentedness, gamma, the cycle of rebirth, etc., all detailed later in this book. A stream-enterer, returning to the human realm not more than seven times, is free from 1. Personal Existence View two doubt about the teachings three wrong grasp of behavior in observances. A once returner returns to human realm only one time, free from one personal existence view, two doubt about the teachings. Three wrong grasp of behavior in observances. Greatly thinned four central desire. 5. Ill will A non-returner does not return to the human realm is Free from 1. Personal existence view 2. Doubt about the teachings 3. Wrong grasp of behavior and observances 4. Sensual desire 5. Ill will An arahant is free from all the five lower fetters and the five higher fetters which are one personal existence view two doubt about the teachings three wrong grasp of behavior in observances four sensual desire five ill will six desire for form seven desire for the formless eight Conceit. 9. Restlessness. 10. Ignorance. A Buddha is an Arahant who has attained Nibbana without any assistance of a teacher, but only through their own efforts of using the world as their teacher, and, perhaps, teachings of a previously awakened Buddha. A Buddha will be able to guide countless others to attain Nibbana through the teachings the Buddha discovered during their own awakening. A Buddha will guide countless beings to enlightenment during their lifetime and their teachings will guide countless beings to enlightenment after a Buddha's death. A Buddha is referred to as fully, perfectly enlightened. A Buddha will have an excellent memory being able to recall countless past events and situations with stunning accuracy. Unlike other humans, their memory does not fade and is not overwritten. A Buddha will need to weave their way through a previous Buddha's teachings as all things are affected by impermanence. Thus, a previous Buddha's teachings will not be in a pure condition. A Buddha will have independently realized Nibbana through the process of becoming awakened, then be able to guide others to awaken the mind through the teachings they discovered. A Buddha will be able to quickly determine the condition of the mind of another person then help them with teachings to eliminate the unwholesome qualities of the mind and cultivate wholesome qualities of the mind. A Buddha will be able to observe another being's mind, but only does so with an interest to help other beings eliminate the unwholesome qualities from the mind and cultivate wholesome qualities in the mind to guide one towards Nibbana. A Buddha will have a deep practice of their own teachings, leading by example as a living, breathing, walking example of their teachings. A Buddha will be able to make predictions of the future and understand future progress of the world as a whole while explaining past events and the current condition of the world through their teachings. A Buddha will know this is their last life without being reborn into any realm of existence. They will have insight into their previous lives and knowledge of their existence in those previous lives. Their only goal will be to lead as many people to Nibbana as possible and to create a strong community of humans with Nibbana who will assist others to attain Nibbana and leave strong teachings that will assist unenlightened beings to become enlightened after a Buddha's death. A Buddha arising in the world is extremely rare, The last Buddha currently known to the world was Gautama Buddha, who died over 2,500 years ago. When a Buddha arises in the world, this is your best opportunity to attain Nibbāna, as a Buddha will have independently realized their enlightenment. A Buddha will have deep knowledge, deep understanding, and deep wisdom of how to attain Nibbāna through their independent realization of Nibbāna a Buddha will be able to teach and guide all humans who wish to learn towards Nibbana. Why does a Buddha appear in the world? A Buddha appears in the world when a Buddha is needed. When humanity has reached a point of major confusion, conflict, and there is grave suffering throughout the world, a Buddha will appear. A buddha has the ability to help all of humanity to realize a better existence through their independently realized teachings a buddha will have struggled for countless lives to reach nibbana their journey on the path would have been long and difficult over untold numbers of countless rebirths but they would never give up in the pursuit to full and perfect enlightenment they also would never give up on sharing their teachings with all of humanity Teaching until death. A Buddha would have deep compassion for every single being in existence, past, present, and future. A Buddha can be highly misunderstood, and it is important to ask questions to understand their practice so that you can develop and improve your practice. A Buddha will know that they have attained full and perfect enlightenment and are able to help all of humanity now and well into the future. But all of humanity is never ready and willing to learn, grow, and progress on the path during a Buddha's existence. All unenlightened beings are already experiencing significant internal struggles, so they will also struggle to closely understand and practice the teachings that will lead to their full liberation. Most will not even know there is a solution to their struggles of the mind because they do not necessarily realize there is a problem. Complacency is the norm and is the most detrimental quality of the mind. Humanity may or may not even see the struggles and issues that are apparent and so clear to a Buddha. The vast majority of humanity will not even know that a Buddha has appeared and that he has the solutions because humanity is mostly unknowing of true reality and unknowing of the countless problems faced by all beings. A Buddha sees all the problems and has all the solutions. A Buddha's responsibility is not to himself, as they have transcended any selfish pursuit or interest in notoriety, fame, or fortune. A Buddha chooses to spread the word of their appearance and teachings through guiding people to attain nibbana. A Buddha will encourage people to learn and progress on the path, guiding anyone who is interested to attain nibbana. A Buddha's goal is to help eliminate the massive amount of suffering that is pervasive in the original cause for the Buddha's appearance in the world. A Buddha appearing in today's society would need to be creative in understanding exactly how to present the teachings to an unaware and otherwise absorbed audience, an audience that is complacent, either unknowingly unaware or purposefully ignoring their own suffering. Either way, Upon a Buddha's appearance, the Buddha will have to put much more thought and effort into convincing people that there is a problem rather than the thought and effort that they would put into the actual sharing of the teachings themselves. Complacency is not easily eradicated. Once a person decides they need guidance and accepts responsibility to learn and practice, the Buddha is well prepared to deliver every teaching that permeates their entire mind there is no one or nothing that could eliminate the wisdom acquired by a Buddha through their independently realized enlightenment. Are there any physical or emotional symptoms that we are currently experiencing that may not be medically related that could be attributed to awakening of the mind? As you pursue nibbana, you may notice various physical and emotional symptoms associated with your ascent to nibbana. This is a short list do not get attached to these symptoms or feel nibbana is imminent just know that these symptoms are normal and keep learning growing and practicing these teachings so that you can continue to pursue nibbana it is not that pursuit of nibbana has caused these symptoms necessarily but instead, that as the mind awakens, the body will oftentimes experience various sensations or experiences as the mind moves towards performing more optimally. These symptoms are not permanent and may or may not be noticed. It is important for practitioners to understand, if they are experiencing these symptoms, that does not mean that something is wrong with the physical body or mind, but instead these are just normal symptoms that may or may not be experienced along the path to enlightenment. If there are concerns, seek medical advice to determine if there are any underlying health issues, but do not be surprised if there is nothing found. In fact, some of these are indications that the condition of the mind is improving and, as these symptoms subside, the body and the mind will function more optimally. Physical Symptoms 1. Pressure or ringing in the ears 2. Weight fluctuations 3. Faster hair and nail growth 4. Heart palpitations 5. Looking and feeling younger 6. Power surges and hot flashes 7. Periods of lethargy and fatigue 8. Skin eruptions, rashes, bumps, acne, hives, and shingles. 9. Headaches or pain in the head. 10. Backaches, neck pains, flu-like symptoms. This is called vibrational flu. Digestive problems, muscular spasms or cramps, racing heartbeat or chest pains. 11. Numbness. Tingling or itching sensations all over the body. 12. The five physical senses sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell all become heightened and lessened multiple times as you pursue nibbana. Blurry vision is common. 13. You may experience dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea, confusion, lack of immediate or short term memory. 14 events that alter your life, death, divorce, change in job status, loss of home, illness, and or other catastrophes, sometimes several at once. Fifteen, the pupils of your eyes will become enlarged and will not dilate even in lighted conditions. This is a condition called wisdom eyes, or slang, egg yolk. It signifies being able to see more of the world and walking from the darkness into the light. Your eyes are now wide open to the world. This usually occurs as you are successfully implementing most of the Eightfold Path. Emotional Symptoms 1. No longer having any fears, including the fear of failure or fear of death. 2. Being alone feels comfortable. 3. Changes in sexual drive. 4. Insomnia or irregular sleeping schedule. 5. You may experience anxiety, depression, difficulty falling asleep, waking up early, or any disruption to your sleeping schedule as you are letting go of past trauma, experiences, suffering, and expectations of the future. 6. Losing track of time or feeling as though you are in a time warp. 7. You may notice that you no longer have dreams or cannot remember your dreams. This is noticeable as you stop clinging to the past thoughts or being concerned about the future. At this point, you are living more in the moment. Guidance on the Path Experiencing Nibbana without proper guidance or people who understand it can be scary. Unfortunately, most of the people around you may be unfamiliar with the process of pursuing Nibbana and will potentially encourage you to seek mental health care. This will inevitably lead you to being labeled with a mental condition and to prescription medications which could suppress the progression of Nibbana. Nibbana is a delightful and pleasant pursuit but can be very challenging at times. You should surround yourself with people that understand the progression of nibbana, as sometimes it can get uncomfortable when you are letting go of your deepest held emotions and past traumas. Without this support, you may not fully break through to achieve your final goal of a liberated mind. You can be left with countless physical and emotional symptoms that appear on the surface to those inexperienced in its symptoms to be a collection of other physical, emotional disorders or conditions. Having multiple teachers and guides to help you is best. This way, you are not attached to just one teacher. At certain times as you are pursuing Nibbana, you might feel the most uncomfortable that you have ever felt in your entire life, both physically and emotionally. You are now at the higher stages of Nibbana, letting go of the remaining emotions held deep and close inside the mind. You need support from caring and understanding people that will help you progress to a higher consciousness. How to Determine if a Potential Teacher Has Attained Nibbana To attain Nibbana, you will need to have the help of teachers and guides. The written teachings offered from Gautama Buddha's lifetime do not contain everything you need to know to attain Nibbana. Studying only the written texts without the assistance of teachers and guides, will not produce Nibbāna for you. You will need guidance from teachers and guides who have attained Nibbāna to assist you along the path to attain Nibbāna. If you are going to learn Gautama Buddha's teachings that lead to Nibbāna, it is important to find a teacher who has already attained Nibbāna. How can one lead another person to attain Nibbāna if they themselves have not yet attained Nibbāna? A teacher of this path should not force others to understand and practice Gautama Buddha's teachings. Attaining Nibbana does not work that way and will not work that way. A teacher of this path should politely, respectfully, and kindly share the teachings with others as they ask or request guidance, which illuminates the path so that by the practitioner's own personal choices, they can learn and practice the teachings to attain Nibbana. Through learning and practicing the teachings with guidance from a teacher, a practitioner can independently observe the truth for themselves to acquire wisdom. The wisdom one acquires will liberate the mind to attain nibbana. It is through a practitioner's own personal choices that they will learn and practice the teachings to gradually attain the results of an enlightened mind. Enlightenment requires dedication, commitment, and real work to learn and understand the truths that Gautama Buddha taught, so that you know on your own that the teachings are 100% truth. A practitioner can only accomplish this if they take the time to put aside what they currently understand about the world that is keeping the mind in the unenlightened state. Through these teachings, a practitioner needs to expand their wisdom beyond what they currently know. Through applying the teachings in real life, a dedicated practitioner can see the truth for themselves to gradually attain enlightenment. In effect, seeking out and acknowledging a teacher is confirmation that one's mind is open to receiving guidance, which will ultimately lead to their progress on the path to enlightenment. To learn and attain Nibbana will take a significant amount of time, effort, dedication, and commitment. So if you are going to invest the time, effort, dedication and commitment to attain Nibbana, it is important that you find someone who has already attained the mental state of Nibbana. In the unenlightened state, you are in darkness. A teacher with Nibbana will be carrying the light to guide you away from the darkness and towards the light. Without a teacher who has attained Nibbana, you walk the path alone without any light you will find that it is impossible to complete the journey walking alone in the darkness without a light. If you ask someone if they have attained nibbana, a person who has attained this state of mind will not usually admit, yes, I have attained nibbana. It is considered by most that if you say you have attained nibbana, then you do so with ego and pride, placing yourself above another person. One aspect of attaining Nibbana is that you dissolve the ego and judgment of others. If someone professes they have attained Nibbana, then it is considered they have done so out of ego and with pride, and thus have not attained Nibbana at all. A person who has attained Nibbana will be more interested in helping you attain Nibbana than in discussing their own attainment of Nibbana. If you are seeking guidance on the path to attain Nibbana, they will focus the discussion primarily on what is Nibbāna and how you can attain it, rather than their own attainment of Nibbāna. You can consider asking a potential teacher the following questions to help you determine if you'd like to learn with them. 1. Ask a potential teacher, have you attained Nibbāna? If they are eager to answer yes and are eager to discuss their current stage of attainment of Nibbāna, focusing discussion on themselves, you should take this into consideration. You may conclude that perhaps their ego and pride will inhibit your learning on the path to Nibbana. A person who has truly attained Nibbana will not have ego or pride. 2. Ask a potential teacher, what is Nibbana? A person who has attained Nibbana will have extensive knowledge of what Nibbana is and what it is not. In this book, there are details of what Nibbāna is and what it is not. This is to help you better reflect on the answer provided by the potential teacher. 3. Ask the potential teacher how to attain Nibbāna. A person who has attained Nibbāna will have extensive knowledge of how to attain Nibbāna. Their answer of how to attain Nibbāna with Gautama Buddha's teachings may include the following. Learn, reflect, Practice and observe the results of a well developed practice of the teachings shared by Gautama Buddha. The pursuit to Nibbana is an independent journey with teachers and guides to assist you. However, you will need to do all the work yourself as a potential teacher can only guide you. A small sample of the teachings that are needed to attain Nibbana include A. The Four Noble Truths, B. The Eightfold Path, C. The Five Precepts. D. The Brahma Viharas. E. The Ten Fetters. F. The Seven Factors of Enlightenment. G. Extensive Meditation Training. 4. Ask a potential teacher what rites and rituals are required to attain Nibbana? There are no rites and rituals required to attain Nibbana. If someone explains certain chants that need to be repeated, certain postures the body needs to be trained to acquire, or cells provides you any external devices that includes bells, strings, clothing, special drinks or food, etc., then this person has not attained Nibbana. Nibbana does not require any special chanting or external devices to attain this mental state. If someone claims they have special chance or external devices to attain Nibbana, and it is only them who possess these secrets, they have not attained Nibbana. There is nothing external required to attain Nibbana, and if they claim special status with excessive pride, you can be sure this person has not attained Nibbana. Nibbana is not about training the body to acquire specific body positions. Nibbana is about training the mind. If someone focuses their teachings on training the body, then they have not attained Nibbāna. The teachings of Gautama Buddha are known to many people, and there is not just one special person who knows all the secrets to attaining Nibbāna, and there are no special external devices required to attain Nibbāna. All the work and ability to attain Nibbāna is already inside of you. You need a well-developed teacher to help guide you to attaining Nibbāna, that focuses on purification of the mind. You will need the teachings, teachers, dedication and commitment to attain Nibbana. The teacher will provide the teachings to you. You will need to provide the dedication and commitment to learn and practice the teachings. 5. Ask a potential teacher, What is the price or cost for me to receive training with you? A person who has attained Nibbana will have deep loving-kindness and compassion for all beings, with an interest to help all beings. Therefore, the potential teacher will not be interested in money or acquiring wealth. They will potentially need money to support their life, but they will not be interested in teaching you to attain Nibbana for a price or specific cost. They will not have a set price or menu of options for attaining Nibbana. However, they will accept donations to support them in their life and in teaching other students. It is common for students to offer their teacher money or gifts as appreciation for the teachings and guidance, but for someone with nibbana, there will be no expectation of acquiring money or gifts in return for teaching you. A potential teacher with nibbana will not ask you for money or gifts. The teachings they offer should be unattached to the accumulation of wealth, possessions, or notoriety. The only interest a potential teacher should possess is to help and benefit all beings. 6. Ask a potential teacher, What type of students do you accept and what type of students do you turn away? A person who has attained a will have openness, friendliness, and be accepting of all people who are interested to learn and grow in the teachings of Gautama Buddha, as long as the student has respect for the teachings and the teacher. Observing a potential teacher's speech and actions and ensuring that they are practicing right speech and right action is crucial. Spending time to know the potential teacher through building a relationship prior to learning with them can be helpful. Anyone who has attained nibbana will be a perfect example of these teachings and practice. Answering the questions provided here is helpful, but observing a potential teacher's practice of the teachings without judgment can provide you the most insight. It will help you to ascertain whether they are a good role model of these teachings and if they would benefit your learning and growth or not. If the student shows repeated disrespect towards the teacher in their effort to openly and freely offer teachings to a student, it would not be uncommon for the teacher to no longer offer teachings to that student. If you are repeatedly disrespectful to a teacher or fail to study diligently, it is your karma to be turned away or potentially be asked not to come back. There needs to be gratitude, respect, and politeness from the student to the teacher to establish a proper student-to-teacher relationship. The respect and politeness should be in both directions, from the student to the teacher, and from the teacher to the student. You should observe that a potential teacher is modeling the teachings by example. That includes being respectful, friendly, and polite through their speech and actions, staying open to all beings. Seven, ask a potential teacher, who can attain nibbana. All humans who have dedication and commitment to learning and growing, can attain Nibbana. To attain Nibbana does not require you to ordain or otherwise abandon your household life, although that is an option some choose to take. You can have life partners, children, an occupation, and possessions while living a household life and still on the path to attaining Nibbana as an arahant, the highest stage of Nibbana. All humans, no matter your race, gender, sexual orientation, current faith practice, or any other labels people assign to a human being, can attain Nibbana. The only limitation to attain Nibbana is yourself. You need to get the self out of the way and focus on the growth and development of the mind. All humans can pursue Nibbana if they have the proper teachings, teachers with Nibbana, dedication, and commitment. Eight, ask a potential teacher, is it possible to eliminate anger, hatred, frustration, irritation, annoyance, boredom, loneliness, shyness, sadness, guilt, shame, fears, and ego? One aspect of attaining Nibbana is to eliminate anger, hatred, frustration, irritation, annoyance, boredom, loneliness, shyness, sadness, guilt, shame, fears, and the ego. If a potential teacher has attained Nibbana, they will not experience any anger, hatred, frustration, irritation, annoyance, boredom, loneliness, shyness, sadness, guilt, shame, fears, and the ego needs to be dissolved to attain Nibbana. Through discussion of these questions and others you may develop, you will need to decide if you feel that you can respect and learn with the potential teacher. You may need to experience multiple teachers and guides along the path. Being attached to just one teacher may not produce the best results. However, your initial training should be with one teacher to establish a solid foundation and practice of the teachings. Stay open to guidance from all people who have attained Nibbāna. Enjoy the journey of meeting and learning from countless people along the path whose only goal should be to help you. Every experience you have in life, no matter how you perceive it, is an opportunity for learning and growth. With the teachings, teachers, dedication and commitment, you can pursue Nibbāna and experience a better quality of life through the teachings of Gautama Buddha. The end of each chapter will have learning resources for further exploration. You will be able to explore videos, podcasts, quizzes, etc., to deepen your learning of the content you read in each chapter. Please see the ebook for more details on these resources. As you have questions or need clarification on these teachings, you are welcome to post those into the Facebook group Daily Wisdom Walking the Path with the Buddha, or contact the author privately for in-depth learning. Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash daily wisdom
0: 999. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit Wisdom.com.